Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kandorian Murat. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com. Mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Six o'clock, two hours from now, Mark Schlereth joins the show. At that time, we're going to give away tickets to see the Caps and the Canadians. The game is on February 6th at Capital One Arena coming up in a couple weeks. So if you want those tickets, you better be listening. Time for the Blitz. We'll cover the Wizards and the Commanders, and we start off right now on the ice. Bailey Johnson covers the Caps for the Washington Post. Uh, Bailey, last night was bad. Yikes. Two goals allowed, first three shots. They chased the game all night. They gave up a five spot, and they did score a couple late goals, but I mean, for most of the last two games, they haven't been able to really mount any offense. What gives? Yeah, you're right. Last night was tough. St. Louis was tough. They are not shied away from the fact that this is a very, very critical stretch heading into the All-Star break for their hopes of making the playoffs this season, and two games into a tough four-game road trip, it's not looking good. Um, I did think the offense started to string some more stuff together last night, and they did in St. Louis, where, I mean, honestly, for much of the night in St. Louis, they couldn't even complete a pass. So steps were taken last night in Minnesota, though, as Nick Jensen pointed out, they did a lot of their offense once Minnesota had taken their foot off the gas and wasn't really trying that hard anymore. Um, And now they're here in Denver for maybe the toughest back-to-back I could imagine. It's a solid two-hour flight. You have the altitude. The Avalanche have been sitting here for three days waiting. It's a very, very tough test for the Caps tonight. (laughs) So, Bailey, I know this isn't the same team, but bear with me. I, I've seen a group that was pedestrian, just okay, you know, through 35, 40 games or whatever. Uh, all of a sudden, catch fire. Everything goes right. They win the Stanley Cup in 2018. I don't see that with this group. I think they're probably where they should be, to be honest with you. The 10th or 11th best team in a pretty crowded Eastern Conference. I, I don't know that I've got a ton of confidence that there's this magical turnaround coming, save for some performances that we just simply haven't seen through 45 games. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, it's been kind of a thing all year where you think, okay, if Ovi gets going, the power play gets going, if the offense really starts to come together, like, I mean, they've been a good defensive team for most of the year, a couple ugly games aside, and they've gotten great goaltending from Charlie Lindgren, Darcy Kemper, as we've talked about, has had an up and down year. But there are a lot of things for most of the season where you thought, okay, you know, they're probably not going to be a great team, but they are a team that could put some things together and maybe surprise people. But the problem is when you get into game 45, 46 at this part of the season and they're still not separating themselves, you can look at it all you want and say, maybe if those guys get going, but if they haven't gotten going at this point, they're probably not going to. We started the show talking about Alex Ovechkin, who's still in his single-digit goal count midway through the season. 
give me a reason why there's an uptick coming for Ovi. And then if that doesn't happen, what that means for him chasing down Gretzky. I'll start with the second part. If it doesn't happen, um, it, I don't think it means great things for him chasing down Gretzky. I think we all kind of looked at this as the year where he got give or take half of the goals that he needed to get there. And then next year, knowing that he's within a reasonable striking distance, he does, he doesn't catch his fire. And I think, I think most people, if you had to guess, you'd say it's probably next season. And now it really doesn't look like that's going to happen. He is shooting a career low percentage. I don't have it in front of me. It's been hovering around four five, 6% this year, which is well below his historical average. And even if you assume that it has dropped off a little bit as he's aged, he's still way beyond what you would expect. So there is, you know, statistically a good chance that it starts to tick up for him and some shots that go in that haven't. But at the same time, and we've all seen the way that he's dropped off this year. And I don't know that just the shooting percentage is like the only reason why he's not scoring more goals. Yeah, 5.4% for the season. By comparison, Dylan Strom at 17.6%, just to give you a contrast there. (laughs) Bailey, now this is all relative, right? Because it's hockey. It's hard to score. But there's nothing easy for Ovechkin anymore all of a sudden, it seems like. Because nobody else is scoring. Power play has struggled all year. They're last in the NHL in goals. The empty net goals aren't really happening because they don't really have, you know, late leads all that often, it seems like. So it's all kind of compounding, and it's crashing down into this vice grip, it seems like. And there's a wall in front of the goal for him. Again, I think this is just as much about his teammates and about the fact that they can't score as a team uh, that's really hampering Ovechkin. Again, your thoughts there. No, yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. And I think as the power play started to find a little bit of traction over the last week or so, with Strom, Pacioretty, and Oshi having a lot of chemistry and doing some good things there, the thought was, well, maybe that'll open up a little bit more space for Ovi because if that power play unit gets going, then that could give him a little bit more space um, in that circle to get some more shots off. But that has kind of tailed off again because, as we've seen with this team throughout the year, like even when they start to click, it doesn't last very long. Um, so it definitely you're not wrong at all that the fact that his teammates can't score is making it harder on him as well. All right, tonight, another game. A quick turnaround here, back-to-back. 9.30 puck drop in Colorado against the Avalanche. What do we need to know? They're really good. They're really, really good. They got off to a little bit of a slow start this year, but kind of grading on a curve just because the expectations were so high for them. Probably made it look more like a slow start than it really was. Um, They've been rested since Saturday, which is a tough test, uh, especially coming in on a back-to-back. Nathan McKinnon is on fire right now. Their goaltending is pretty good. They're getting a couple players back tonight from injury. Um, very, very good team. Will be a real challenge. One interesting thing I did want to mention is that it's the first time two people who coached the South Carolina Stingrays will coach against each other at the NHL level. Jared Bednar brought Spencer Carberry into South Carolina right at the end of his playing career. They both coached that team, and now they're going to meet in the NHL tonight for the first time. That is a good nugget, Bailey Johnson. Uh, What about the – I don't think we've talked to you about this – the contract extension for Alexei Protoss. What does that mean for him and the organization? Yeah, it kind of, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because obviously he's a restricted free agent that has had a really good year and has taken a big step. So you expect it to come at some point. I don't think anybody thought on a Friday night in the middle of January they were going to give him a five-year extension. First of all, just for him and the journey he's had, it's really incredible. And he's so excited about it, so happy to be a cop for the next five years. Um, he's a really interesting player. He's taken a huge, huge step this year as far as his ability to contribute offensively, use his size and reach to do some things. He's not... Ever, I don't think going to be like the physical player that you might think of when you look at a guy who's six foot seven. But he's really used to stick well defensively. He's had a lot of chemistry with Connor McMichael and Anthony Mantha, and for a lot of this year, was one of their better players. That whole line has kind of tailed off lately. Spencer Carberry talked recently about 
it getting harder for all of them. Like Connor Michael's line is not sneaking up on teams anymore because now they know how good that line has been for much of this year. But Proto's is still a really young player with a high ceiling as far as areas that his game can develop. And it's a really, I think it's a good signing uh, down the stretch. Bailey, thank you. Thank you. Be well. Enjoy the game tonight. Let's talk football. Our guy, Kevin Sheehan, you hear him each and every day over on the Team 980. Kevin, thank you for the time, first of all. Secondly, what was your take going into the coaching search as far as uh, the names that had come out that they were interviewing? Like, what did you like? What didn't you like? Um, what's going on, boys? Uh, I I think these coordinators, I think, I mean, if we're all being honest with each other, we really don't know that much about what kind of head coach you know, the kind of head coaches they'll be. We know the former coaches. I am a little bit surprised just about Brable not being a part of the conversation here that we know of. But with respect to the coordinators, you know, if you look back, uh, and I think Hogshaven did this a few days ago, if you look back at the last five years, you know, it's the offensive coordinators who have become head coaches that have had the most success. College coaches, disastrous former head coaches in another go-round, not very good. Defensive coordinators who became head coaches, not very good. So I think my my sort of preference all along was offense, um, and it certainly seems like we're headed towards Ben Johnson. But, you know, it, it, the type of head coach he's going to be, the type of person, the type of leader, the type of, you know, manager, of people, of, of an organization – you know, uh, maybe he doesn't even know how good he'll be at that at this point because he's never done it. Kevin, obviously finding that coach is the number one priority of the ownership group now and, and Adam Peters and company. I totally get that. Are, are you surprised, though, at all that there hasn't been any kind of movement or rumbling, uh, anything about the, the rest of his front office staff? And it sounds like it's just he's hanging out with all the Martys and all the incumbents from uh, a, a pretty bad set of regimes uh, over the years. Are you, are you surprised we haven't heard anything on that front? I am a little bit, Danny, but at the same time, you know, you don't have a head coach yet. Peters is just getting settled. You've got the senior bowl coming up. I, I would imagine that just like when Rivera took over, remember a lot of those people stayed. I mean, Kyle Smith stayed through that first draft. They've done all of this work. They've done all of this preparation. Uh, they're still under contract, um, I think, you know, in, in, the, in terms of the front office or they're, they're still getting paid. So why not exhaust everything you can from that group until you have, you know, definitive replacements, I guess. But I, but I am a bit surprised that we, we haven't heard about what that front office is going to look like with Adam Peters, some sort of reporting on it, certainly as it relates to the two Martys, Mayhew and Herney. I mean, Martin Mayhew has the same title currently um, as Adam Peters. We know he's not going to be the general manager but they work together. I don't know if they liked each other or not, uh, or they, they they can work with one another, but it might make sense for him to stay. Who knows? Let's say Ben Johnson is the head coach. I don't know if you spent a lot of time digging into this, but I've been thinking about D coordinator candidates that might come with him. Any names that are of interest to you? You don't want you haven't been talking about Joe Barry the entire show and his availability. <laughs> Joe Barry's not on my list. He's available. Enough. I'll tell you what, Vic Fangio would be amazing um, as a defensive coordinator. It's kind of interesting how it didn't work out for him in Miami, um, but it looks like maybe Philadelphia for him. Uh, I haven't given it a lot of thought um, as far as defensive coordinators. I've given it more thought with respect to OCs if they ended up hiring hiring one of the defensive coordinators that they've interviewed. 
Um, I guess uh, there are guys that Ben Johnson's got a relationship with. Here's, guys, why one of the reasons we should root for San Francisco, because if they can't hire him until the Super Bowl is over, if Detroit makes it, it just puts him two weeks behind, I would guess, putting a staff together. doesn't mean that he can't start lining it up and people won't get you know uh, commitments from him to a certain degree, but there will be competition for some of these people, and some of these people may not want to wait. But no, I, I have not given it specific thought in terms of defensive coordinator. Kevin, I actually haven't heard you weigh in on this. I, I'm, I'm sure I probably missed it. But in terms of the draft, is there a style of quarterback that you are into, a.k.a. You know, uber-athletic Jaden Daniels, slightly more traditional Drake May, even though he's a, a decent athlete in his own right, but not like Daniels. Is there something you prefer one over the other, or is it just whatever Adam Peters says? There's no preference necessarily, but I am a Jaden Daniels fan. And I, I just I watched a lot of the LSU games. I mean, a lot of them start to finish. And I think he's special. But I also am concerned about his body type and the fact that he's a little bit thin. Um, and I kind of like him more uh, as a, an upside uh, than Drake May. But May's good, too. And like you just mentioned, uh, you know, May's very athletic and and mobile in his own right. Um, no preference, Danny, not in this day and age. It's the best possible player. It's the best possible person, leader, work ethic, all the intangibles, and have it mesh well with whoever your offensive designer and offensive play caller is. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm a big Jaden Daniels fan too, and for the, I think we talked about it at one point a few months back or several weeks back. I think we both really liked the idea of landing him in the top 10. But now that they're at two, I'm in on May. The size and the profile and the fact that if it's Ben Johnson, like I think it's going to be, you marry those two guys together, it makes sense. Are you still at a point with Daniels, though, where if you're picking two, you would take him for that electricity and that ceiling? No, I'm 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 all in on whatever is the right fit. And we, we have to, we've got to trust in Peters and potentially Ben Johnson to pick the guy that they've done the due diligence on. We haven't. They know what kind of offense they're going to run. And if it's similar to the offense that we've seen in Detroit the last couple of years, May might be a better fit. But, but Grant, Jaden Daniels would be an excellent, you know, boot, play action, off of running game. In fact, in many ways, it might really benefit him as a young quarterback. And then he would be obviously amazing off schedule. Um, and as a scrambler and as a runner, and you'd probably work more designed run uh, and option run into the offense. But, no, I'm I'm kind of in that mode of we finally got rid of Dan. We've got a real general manager, maybe, and let's let them, you know, try to make this thing work for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in, in Johnson schematically. I think he, you know, you look at a lot of different metrics that you can look into this year, but he's been a top five play caller and designer probably the last couple of years. So I think if you gave him the task, whether it's Drake May or it's Daniels, build an offense for this guy, I think he could do that. We saw Kyle, who prefers the Cousins, uh, Brock Purdy, run my offense, and don't ask questions quarterback. You know, we, we saw what he did with Robert in 2012, right? So I, I think Ben Johnson could do either. For me, when I watch Drake May, I, I see the potential to have like a Justin Herbert type QB. And I just kind of salivate over the size and the ability in the pocket to operate. Whereas I think there's a little more guesswork. I love the electricity, that the Lamar Jackson profile, if it's right, for Daniels. But the size worries me a little bit. 
Nobody threw to more open receivers downfield statistically this year. Both his guys are going to go in the early first round. Uh, and I just think there's a little more in the pocket throwing the football question for me. That's all. Yeah, I mean, May's got a receiver that's going to go, you know, fairly high in the draft. And Detroit, let's face it, their weapons are, I mean, they're loaded. Amon Ross St. Brown is an elite receiver. Uh, you know, they've got Speed and Williams. They've got a good receiver in Reynolds. They've got a, a budding star in, in Laporta and a really good back. And it really came together this year. Now, there were moments last year where it came together as well without Gibbs and Laporta. But um, I think that one. On Daniels, I think we'd be selling him short if we thought about him just as a dual-threat guy, as a Lamar Jackson type or as an Anthony Richardson type. First of all, he doesn't have the same body type. He can really throw the football. Um, He probably threw the best deep ball in college football. I mean, maybe Penix Jr. uh, slightly better. Um, He's got a pretty quick release. And I actually think in a Detroit-style system – it would benefit any young quarterback, dual threat or not, um, to be able to do some of the things that Ben Johnson's done uh, with the Lions. And by the way, in the same similar way in which, you know, our guy, you know, who has worked with um, Kevin O'Connell and others, um, I think he'd be outstanding in that kind of an offense. But I, but I feel you on, on Drake May, too. I don't have a problem with Drake May at all. I like a lot of what I see in Drake May. But in terms of an off-schedule playmaker, yeah. he's as good as we've seen in the draft in a long time. It sounds now like I'm not a, a Jaden Daniels guy. I started by saying I am. One more thing I'll throw out there to look at, <clears throat> pressure to sack percentage. So we saw this with Sam Howell, right? This year in college football, everyone's as general, you know, Bo Nix is at 11, Penix is at 6%. You know, the guys that are in the middle, like McCarthy at 15 or Drake May, Caleb Williams, 18 19%. Jaden Daniels, 25% of pressures became sacks. So that, that's always an alarming number for me in college as well. Yeah, I think one of the things, and I, and I saw that and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, is just that I do think it was a simplified system. And I don't know if that's because of Jaden Daniels with Brian Kelly or not, but it really did appear to be one read, two reads, now go create. And on occasion, he didn't create under pressure. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 those are the things we don't know. Like, can he develop into a much more sophisticated, professional, you know, route tree progression passer? You know, we don't know that about Drake May either. Um, and we don't know it about any, any of these guys. That's but a crapshoot. Yeah. Total crapshoot. Total. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I do think it should be quarterback unless they hate them all. Kevin, pleasure as always, buddy. Talk soon. All right, boys. Thanks. See you, man. Kevin Sheehan, you can check him out each and every day over on the Team 980. <clears throat> Normally, I wait till the final segment to not be able to talk. Early today. A little I, early. I got emotional because of Kevin, I think it was. He's talking about Jaden Daniels. It's my, that's my quarterback. Potentially. That's my quarterback. Mark Schlereth is going to be on the show at 6 o'clock. We are going to be giving away tickets to see the Capitals at 6 on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Uh, he was just mentioning the quarterback market this offseason. There are some interesting names. I want to go through some of those next right here on The Fan. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. 
Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan. 90 minutes from now, Mark Schlereth's on the show. That's when we're giving away Caps tickets. I, I mentioned the quarterback position. NFL is just a TV show about quarterbacks. And this offseason is going to be a lot of fun. So Jordan Love's going to get paid by the Packers. I think they're going to make him one of the highest paid QBs in the league. And I have no problem with that. I think they should. But you're with me on that, right? That they're going to give him a massive extension. He's going to be making 50 plus million dollars a year. And... If you're with me, that means you think he earned it based on this season. After this year, yeah. I I wouldn't have thought it. Even a handful, of, like September, October, I'm going, what are they going to do? They're at a crossroads. You look up at the end of the year, north of 30 touchdown passes, has a mediocre team kind of on the precipice of a uh, conference championship game. Unbelievable what he's done. Unbelievable. I'm not one of these guys that likes to just sit here and dunk on Aaron Rodgers all the time. People have just decided they hate Aaron Rodgers, and it's like very personal at this point. There are certain things he does that I find annoying. I liked him a lot in Hard Knocks. He may have just been acting and, and won me over that way. I'm not sure. But, uh, man, is it a bad look for him, for Green Bay, to move on from him, immediately go younger and cheaper at the position, get comparable production, oh, by the way, from what Rodgers was at like a year ago. And then, as you said, as the season went along, Jordan Love ascended to stardom. Over the course of the year, it's 32 touchdowns and 11 picks in 17 games with 4,200 yards. And this is just year one. This is the beginning of this. Then you go win a playoff game on the road. You're not supposed to win at Dallas where he lights it up. Did I mention he's 25? You go in the next season. So, yeah, he he will make 50-plus million dollars a year. Wild. Getting an extension. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield stays in Tampa Bay. That contract's way more interesting to me. He's obviously not going to be paid top of the league starter money, fifty million or whatever. That goes without saying. But that team went nine and eight this year with Mayfield as their quarterback. I thought he was okay a bunch, and then he was really good a little bit. Somewhere between those two, he was rarely bad. Mm-hmm. But he completed about sixty-four percent of his passes, seven yards per attempt, twenty-eight touchdowns, ten picks. His numbers actually look a lot like year one of his starter Kirk Cousins back in twenty fifteen. Like that kind of season, low 4,000 yards, touchdowns, interceptions with an extra game. It, it was not great. I think people were so surprised. That it wasn't a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. That, that it gets harped on. But 
there's not really a middle class with quarterbacks. That's no. what's weird to me about this. If you're keeping him, unless you're just going to tag him, which actually might be the play, honestly. I think I to, would, honestly. You have to pay him a ton of money, but it's just the one season. Mm-hmm. It's hard otherwise. Like, he's going to demand, I'm just throwing a number out there, but top of my head, I would think 30-some million dollars a year if you're signing him for like a three- or four-year contract. Which I'd, I wouldn't want to do. What, what was the Geno Smith contract? To me, that's what he would get. In that area. I'll see if I can find it real quick. Uh, it's It was three years. Up to $75 million during the 2023 offseason. It could be worth like up to 100 over four years, but that year was kind of fraudulent. So 40 in guarantees, uh, that, that's probably what he gets. I guess I'll lower my 30. He'll get the Geno Smith contract from Tampa Bay. And I wouldn't want to do that if I was Tampa because th- this, is a, this, is, this was weird. Not right? a great situation. In other words, they're, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. They, they outperformed what everybody kind of thought they'd be going into the year. And even midway through the year, people thought they were just pedestrian. They're getting older in certain spots. I would do a franchise tag and say, let's just see what happens if we kind of run this back next year. Because they earned that right, right, with a, with a nice showing, with a, you know, winning a playoff game, going on the road, and giving Detroit all they can handle. But I wouldn't want to wed myself to whatever this is for multiple seasons. I'm, I'm probably looking to do better, but knowing I probably can't right now because, frankly, I had too good a year. But it's also not bad enough to really be in a great position, not good enough to be in a great position. But there's your rock in a hard place there it situation. Is. I mean, it's a different tier, right? But the Cowboys and Dak are in this same boat. Dak needs to be paid this offseason probably. He's going to ask for $55 million a year. You know, it was just, it feels like yesterday, but it's actually been a handful of years that they didn't want to go into the 40 plus million range for him. Well, now it's 55 or so for the top of the league. And that's what he's going to be demanding. We're creeping up on $60 million AAVs for these quarterbacks. And you're not letting Dak go after he was the front runner for MVP into the middle of December. He's going to get paid like that. Another quarterback whose name is being banted about. Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent again. It'll be the first time he was a free agent since he left here after the 2018 season six years ago. Remember, he signed the three-year deal with the Minnesota Vikings, fully guaranteed at that time at $28 million per year, which is so funny to think about that that was like a crazy amount that nobody wanted to pay and thought was nuts. How much the world has changed that now quarterbacks are making $55 million a few years later. Yeah, twice that. But the Vikings extended him multiple times to keep him around. Minnesota would like to bring him back, it sounds like, at a two-year deal maybe. You know, one- or two-year deal where they could get out of it possibly if need be after a season if something happens with the Achilles. But understandably, I think Kirk Cousins, who's 35, is going, and I expect this not to be a fully guaranteed contract for the first time. I think he's looking at this as a chance now. This is my last bite at the apple. I'm coming off of, yes, an injury, but a season where – I was playing at an MVP level when I went down. He had 18 touchdowns and five picks, not even really at the midway point of the year. He was on pace for like a 40-touchdown, 11-interception season th- this year, throwing, leading the NFL in passing yards when he got hurt. So he's going to want maybe a four-year contract from somebody, like a, a Daniel Jones-ish deal, mm-hmm. you know, $40 million or something. And, and people, you know, so, someone's going to pony up maybe, but coming off that injury, where, where there's like you're not him. really sure there's a variable there. You're going to be the same. I mean, it's not as if he's super mobile and that's what his game is based off of. Uh, yeah, but still. I think because he's not a mobile quarterback, because when you sit down with him and you realize he spends a million dollars a year on his body to make sure he, he can play every week and you know he counts the number of peas he has at dinner, like he's probably doing a pretty good job at his rehab. 
maybe there's not as much concern as there would be for like a wide receiver or something. We just saw Aaron Rodgers almost come back in the season. We've seen Cam Akers now come yep. back uh, in a handful of months and play in the playoffs. So I bet she gets paid. But the question is, do the Vikings end up going to the fourth year for him? You know, adding to their offer, or do they put their flag in the ground and say, listen, I think they have the 11th pick, don't they? Not quite quarterback range, but maybe you could take Michael Penix, or maybe you could trade up a couple picks if you wanted to do that. Maybe you could take J.J. McCarthy. I'm not saying that I love J.J. McCarthy, but like you, you or you could right. move back a few picks and take get an in apprentice. Yeah, they, or, they, they have pick Bo 11. Nicks. Pick 11. So mm-hmm. They're high enough that they could be in trade up range or QB tier two. Or that tier range. two, yeah. So maybe that's their leverage. I don't know. Uh, Justin Jefferson has gone out and said he wants Cousins back. The GM has said that's what they'd like. I'll be curious to see. Here's my, my thought. If I was him, I would want to be in Minnesota. I'm not leaving Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson coming back from an ACL. A really good line that developed with Darisaw at left tackle. who's one of the better young players in the league at the position. O'Connell, I have a good relationship with. Good play caller, young head coach, offensive-minded. I finally am in a situation where I'm not going to have to learn an offense every single year. I would want to stay in Minnesota if I was Kirk. But if they're only giving you a year or two, and say the Falcons, you know, or I'll throw another team out there, um, you know, Denver, just as an example, like they're willing to give you a five-year contract where the first three years are guaranteed, and that gets you through your age 38 season, and it's $120 or something like that that you know you're going to make, well, yeah, you probably will leave Minnesota then and, and get your last bite at the apple, I would guess. It's all about the priorities, right? I mean, maybe you think, I've made enough money. Where's my best chance to win a bunch? Maybe it's Minnesota. Maybe there's a situation we haven't even thought of yet where he ends up, but who knows? Here's my prediction. Yep. He leaves Minnesota. He signs with the Falcons. And I definitely think if Belichick's there, he, in, Atlanta will be at the top of his list, non-Vikings, because A, Julie's from there, his wife. Uh, they have family there. They still live there part of the year. They go there a lot. And he has always loved. You know this. We've talked to him about it. He is a Belichick guy. Like mm-hmm. He is fascinated by the Brady-Belichick dynamic. You know, the fact that you have a coach that just has the defense on lock and you can worry about the offense. Now, I personally would not leave Minnesota to go to Atlanta to work with Bill Belichick. I think that's a, probably a bad idea overall. But I'm just, I've not talked to him about this by any means. I'm just, from what I know about him, I would think if he's leaving Minnesota, Atlanta would be the option. The betting odds on Bet Online are Raiders makes no sense to me. Falcons plus four twenty five. Patriots makes no sense to me. Vikings and then Commanders. Washington would have actually been a fit, maybe, because he's a big Ben Johnson guy, I think. But they're at number two. Ben Johnson alert. You can get a rookie contract quarterback at number two, so you're not going to dabble into the veteran market with a guy coming off of an Achilles. So the Raiders do make sense to me that they would want him. I don't know that he would want them. Yeah, why would you go there? I don't know. You know, maybe you think Devonta Adams still has plenty in the tank and you like Pierce and that energy there. I have no idea. But my bet is that he stays in Minnesota. And I think they go, all we really need here for the offensive side of the ball is another Chris Thompson type player, right? Just a third down back that can be your outlet. And I think this offense is ready to roll. I'm just, yeah, I mean, Minnesota to me is such a good situation. I'm just trying to make sense of why Vegas, if I'm him, how I could talk myself into that. I think I got to stay in the NFC, man. The AFC is a murderer's Mm. row of quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow back next year, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. That is a different beast. In the NFC, who are you worried about? 
the Matt Stafford, who's who's hurt every year in Week Eleven, and, and Jared Goff. Goff, Dak. I mean, that's your list. Yeah, I mean, come on. I, I'm. St- it's got to be the NFC. I, I think it's Minnesota or Atlanta. If I'm him, but also guys just think about things differently. Like, like you and I have talked about this all the time with pitchers, as an example. Mm-hmm. You kind of think well, that guy wants to be there because of the ballpark, and then don't even talk to that team. They go sign at Yankee Stadium. And they're like, I, I want to go to Colorado, please. They're like, can I pitch at Lombardy in Williamsport, where they hit home runs on, on pop-ups? So maybe his his situation, you know, is I'm not accounting for the right variables, but I think Minnesota's close. I really do. If he didn't get hurt this year, they would have been a pain in the butt to deal with. But he, he's he been there. He sees it. He, he knows what he thinks they're going to be next year better than we do, I guess. A Schlereth at 6 o'clock on Grant and Danny. Here on the fan. Next, some news from the commanders today on a job they are looking to fill as it pertains to the experience at FedEx Field. Let's get to that next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Another day, another listener telling me they are now hooked on Uncrustables. Can't tell you what a wonderful thing we did for the community. By informing them about uh, my passion for Uncrustables. It's a winning treat. It's just a lovely snack. The Ravens eat 80 of them a day as a team. Think about that. Stress that. Look at what it's done for them. When they started eating Uncrustables, they were just an AFC team that might make the playoffs. And now, one seed, Super Bowl favorite. Juggernaut. No one can beat them. They've made Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid the little engine who could. The underdog that... Maybe, just maybe, you'll get lucky this weekend, you see. And it's all because of Uncrustables. Obviously, it's real intimidating knowing that, you know, Baltimore eats so many Uncrustables. It's not something we have in our locker room right now, but I've talked to Trav and Coach Reed about it. And, you know, just going in this weekend, obviously, they're going to eat so many Uncrustables, and, and, and that's straight terrifying. Real talk, though. I don't want them to eat Uncrustables. If I'm about to play them, I wouldn't them. want that. It's like Popeye and the spinach. I didn't have a great Uncrustable today, I got to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what happened, yeah, yeah. bro? So I didn't have lunch. I came into the studio, started working, didn't waddle around the neighborhood. I just came in, and I went over. Linnell saw me. I was I was grabbing an Uncrustable and a drink, and it turns out, I don't know if it was like in the in there too long or mm. what, but it was the bread was kind of stale. Sounds like there's that sweet spot for the Uncrustable. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. got to be cold and fresh. 
That bread can't can't be hardened over. Mm-mm. Can't really be it can't be James. Ruin the experience for me. But I'm just glad that you guys out there now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. You remember how you claimed to have invented uh, kava? Like well, you know how you invented kava? I didn't claim that, but yes. Like I, you actually. I'm sorry, I misspoke. You invented kava. Thank you. Right. Are you going to do that same branding with Uncrustables? Like where it's like Grant Paulson presents Uncrustables by Grant? You know what I mean? No. No. I would not do that. If you're asking, was I the person that found Uncrustables? Yeah. Yes, I am. Right. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. bringing that information and knowledge to the people. This, this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I find things that yep. no one knows about, mm-hmm. and then I make sure everyone knows about them. It's a gift. And I'm happy fair to say. Thank you, Coach. Uh, really, it's not even a gift. I shouldn't. It's a service that I provide. Yeah, I was going to say it's more. It's more that. It's and it comes from a place of warmth. Uh, you were all fired up today because there was an opening for someone who's going to like, you know, check the pipes at FedEx Field. Right. So th- this is not a, a dunk on situation. This is the Harris Ownership Group, the Hall Group, if you will. Uh, there's a job posting, which I think it's a tough job to be honest with you. I hope they're paying very well. It's the chief engineer at FedEx Field. This is the guy or gal that's going to be in charge of all things building and grounds. Assume this is part of the responsibilities. Assume management responsibility for all services and activities, including the maintenance and operations, including HVAC, electrical, mechanical, plumbing, building, associated equipment, a.k.a. everything that's busted, old, decrepit, that has gone awry over the last uh, three football seasons where we've been in embarrassment. Get it up to code, fix it, don't let it break down, manage all the people, etc. Tall order, big job. I get it. They're trying to do the right thing. This is not a, oh, you guys are so stupid type thing. This is something that needs to be filled, and they are working on it, obviously. But it got me to thinking, GP, This while this, this post is up there, we haven't really taken inventory because there's so much has happened really since the end of the season. Letting Rivera go and kind of the waiting game they're in, looking for Adam Peters and finding him. He's a dreamboat. He's got great hair and that 5 o'clock shadow, great chin, great experience, and good eye contact. He's got great eyes. Now you're looking for the head coach. There's a lot of business to be done. We haven't really taken inventory on the one thing that this ownership group could control during the season, right? It was too early to do football stuff, too late in the calendar, rather, maybe more a better way to say it. The one thing they said they were going to try to do, and I'd love to be able to grade them, 800-636-1067, how did they do with the stadium stuff? How did they do for your game day experience? That's what I want to know. So I saw this posting when you sent this to me, and I was wondering, like, what is this job? And then clicked around a little bit and kind of saw what, what you just referenced and asked some people over there. And they said that their chief engineer was leaving. It's a replacement role because that engineer is moving on. <clears throat> and this is a person that's literally maintaining mechanical and electrical and plumbing systems at the stadium. Not really my purview or what I need to know a whole lot more about. So I closed my case right then and there right. and said, okay, this is not interesting to me. But here is where, as a show, to your point, we can now use the news of the day to have a larger, more important conversation with our listening audience, which is we never did an end-of-year debrief, mm-hmm. really, as it pertained to the stadium experience and changes that were made this year. So it is an opportunity. We can open up the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines to do that at 800-636-1067. That's 800-636-1067. Did you notice improvements? What were they? What were areas that got better? Did anything get worse? What were areas where you didn't notice any change at all where you would say, this is something that's got to be improved? Because the Harris Ownership Group has made it pretty clear. In the short term here this offseason, they had to find a GM, 
Check. Welcome to town, Adam Peters. Then they're helping to deliver the coach. A lot of steak dinners and whining and dining folks. They're meeting. They're getting to the bottom of some things. They're taking out shovels. Solving the world's problems with some football minds. They're closing in on a head coach. That's coming soon. Check. The other thing, though, this offseason that they're going to get elbow deep into, as, as soon as the, the coaching hire and the front office stuff gets sorted out in the next couple weeks, ideally they're going to wash their hands or close to it in some capacity and tell Adam Peters and Ben Johnson to start getting to work on the football stuff, and they will worry about fan experience, relationship to fans, winning the fan base back, improving the standing of the organization within the community, all, all of those things. And the first place they can start, as we know, is the stadium, where we are under the impression, Danny, that they sunk some money and some energy and some time and some effort into that already. Mm -hmm. But remember, this is not me making an excuse for them. This is just reality. So if, if, take it however you want to, but these are the facts. I, I'm sorry if, if they don't mesh with whatever you want me to say. They took over the day before training camp, man. There wasn't a lot of time. You know, you, you had August, and then the football season started. There was only so many things they were going to be able to do. This will be the season, just like I'm going to judge them on their decision-making, their GM, their head coach hire, some of the things that they're doing. This hiatus now, this will be the first time at the stadium that I also judge them in that regard. A little easier to to be able to fix some things outright right off the bat uh -huh. in that regard. But it's still a process that's going to take a lot of time. It's still a terrible stadium that is a very, very, very low floor and an even lower ceiling probably. Right. You, you could do everything possible. It's still the worst stadium in the league probably. You're just lip-sticking a pig at this point. But I, I would just be curious to hear from fans, did anything at the stadium get better? And what are the biggest challenges the Harris ownership group faces going into next season? If it feels like an odd day to do it here in late January, no home games until September, the point is you and I see that they are making some moves and trying to bring people in to make sure that pipes aren't bursting on people. Yeah, it just kind of reminded so, us. Uh, this job posting, like, oh, yeah, that's right. We've been so busy with kind of the football calendar, right? Regular season ends. Rivera's gone. This search, that search, and we're still in the, in, in the throes of that thing. We didn't really have our season in review from the touch the fan experience, right? Which is what the ownership group, to a degree, was able to try to improve. And I guess my question is, did they? Was it better for you? It certainly wasn't on the field. We know that answer. They didn't win any games. They were two and a trillion at home, whatever the record was. They stunk there. But talking about getting into the stadium, the lines, the ease, the season ticket holders, were you taken care of, getting in and out of the parking lot, all the stuff that have been complaints longstanding for years and usually get better for an hour and then go back to kind of the old way of doing it or worse, did it improve? That's the question I've got. 800-636-1067 is the number. We're Grant and Danny. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.